0: Le- leading people to Christ and I, Yeah, leading to the Christ. I mean, I don't know how many seeds I planted. I mean, everybody is either planting seeds, you're watering or you're reaping it. But like, um, when I worked there, okay, like after I came to the Christ, is only not a whatever, came back to Him from the backside of the day. Whatever you say. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, I go, I went to Starbucks one day. I was wanted, wanted to read, read, and so I go to Starbucks. This is 2008, man. So this has been 12 years ago. Um, I go there, and there's this older gentleman sitting outside on the patio. He was probably 60s or 70s, maybe. I don't know exactly old he was, but he looked like he looked maybe like down his luck a little bit. Yeah. And I feel like God was and God was like, go talk to him. And obviously, that was the Holy Spirit. But at the time, I didn't really know. I wasn't familiar with the Holy Spirit. So yeah. did to know it was the Holy Spirit talking, I just, God was saying something, so, um, I was like, I can't do, I don't, I don't, God, I'm trying kind to of new with this, I don't really know what I'm doing, like, I probably won't go talk to him. Yeah. Go talk to him, I was like, baby, God, I'm just kind of a child, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. I was like, I said go talk to him. It's like, okay, fine, go talk to him. So I, I go down, and I sit, I sit down with him, he's a homeless veteran, he's like, in he's, you know, um, so I, I kind of, I kind of, like, I sat with him for a couple hours talking to him and getting to know him, um, and then um, I kind of—I I think I brought him to my house and got him some food. Um, I think it was my parents' house. Um, my parents were awesome about stuff like that, um, and so I brought him to my house and got some food. And then um, I hang out with him. It was like a couple, of day, a couple of days later, I got there and he's like, "Hey, I know these two young kids that could really need some help." I was like, okay, cool. And so he led me to them, and they were Haven Place kids. And so that's how I met, found out about Haven Place. Yeah. And that's where I met Mike at. But these yeah. two kids, like one right, of them, yeah, Mike
1: remembers you from Haven Place, yeah.
0: Yeah, and that's where like that's where I met Mike, and um, but these two other two other kids, like I took them on my wing, and one of them actually came live with me for a while because he was he was from West Virginia, and so he lived with me for probably a couple weeks. Um, with my parents, man. My parents was alive in the yeah. house. I mean, they fed him. <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, he eventually, like, his his dad came down to finally get him. And like, he went back to Virginia. And um, there was a Place. I did a Hayden Place for probably four years. Um, and in the meantime, I got in a job in Chattanooga doing ballet work again. And, dude, I poured my heart out, like, for, like, five and a half years to the people I worked with. Yeah, like every day, living, talking about Jesus to them, like yeah, and like it even got so bad, like not bad, but I mean, is like I felt this strong burden, and so literally, like I'm, I felt this like everybody I see, I start so telling them about Jesus, like everybody, but it, it became exhausting. Yeah, like single, yeah. Jesus, 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 and like I would I would tell everybody about, simply, I was like, my life Jesus' house. So i was like, Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you, and I've offended I some people, like I you offended I, some people. I offended I this doctor and he sent so they sent the child to the hospital to talk to me about was appropriate what's not appropriate you, you know it's not appropriate to tell by you kind of, kind of let them open the conversation you can't and I was like okay but what I'm saying is, I poured out my heart there for like five and a half years yeah to the guys I work with every single day and pray with them and showed them how it was real and was kind and compassionate and like and lived it out before them in nothing yeah not a thing um And the Haven Place kids, like, pouring it out, like, giving them clothes and food and money and, like, being there for all the time and, like, nothing. um, Yeah.
1: But I guess, like we said, we don't, um, we don't sit for eternity. so I guess you can't really say it's nothing. It's true. Because it's probably something. I would say, yeah, I would say it's something, um even if it's not but I know what you mean like you didn't see the fruit of it yet exactly I, I mean as I said maybe like I've started to understand a little bit more of that and maybe that's like that's the whole concept is one, one sows you know another waters and somebody will reap yeah and, and
0: so. so like even the ones that even the ones that like I've got to reap yeah somebody else yeah it wasn't like they didn't know who Jesus was when I came to them yeah they had a general idea yeah it wasn't like they weren't completely, uh, who's Jesus? And what is this Jesus about? Like, yeah. and maybe that'd be easier sometimes. Like if people had no idea any about any religion, like, and here's, hey, this is the way, like, cool, that's awesome. Sounds good. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Because I feel like sometimes here in the, in Cleveland, it's like, everybody oh, seems thing. to know Jesus. Yeah.
1: so me like, I mean, I haven't got anybody saved. And it's like, I can't even find an unsaved person here. It's like, <laughs> and so it's like, I the same, like, you know, it's not like I'm doing, like, anything crazy it's just that's crazy like i mean that's not like you said that shouldn't that shouldn't be crazy and it's really not for a christian but the stuff you are doing is considerably crazy even here in a a town full of christians most people don't take people into their own home and give them a place to live and food on the table because it's inconvenient like I mean, I would struggle with that if I'm being honest. I would struggle with that way more than I know you would. You would probably a lot of times it wouldn't really necessarily be a question, or if it was, it's a small thing to you. To me, that's a huge thing to me. I don't know why. Like it, it is. Um, someone's invading my privacy, and, that, <laughs> and I like my privacy. And that like <laughs> and that's,
0: how my, that's how that's how that's how is about it. Like she's a, she's a very private person. Yeah, yeah. And and so God has used us. Each other's life to kind of like balance it balance yeah. out because, like, sometimes, like, I, I like no offense. I mean, she's she has a strong gift of discernment, yeah. Like, she can sense something's like off, yeah. like, everything's, on the floor. everything's great, yeah. This guy's pretty, this guy's cool, dude. She's like, yeah, he's
1: giving me the, the heebie jeebies right now, like, yeah, dude. I kind of have a weird little, I would definitely, I don't know that I would ever call it a testimony or not. Mike actually came to me later and said that he thought I was spot on but man I felt so bad I beat myself up so bad There was like kind of this homeless kid you may know him if I can't remember his name. I think his name was Troy kid younger kid he was like maybe early 20s I think it was know, Troy Troy I feel, like, I feel like it was something like that I don't know I could be wrong I don't know he came up it was after a men's group one night and there's me and Mike and Randy and this guy Randy is like super nice so the kid was, like, talking to him. And we were just talking to him, like, trying to figure out what was going on with him and stuff. Like he seemed like a totally nice kid and everything. And then, and I think he was. I think he was genuine. That's why, man, I just felt so bad. I would not call it a testimony at all. But then, like, I just started to... Randy was, like, kind of, like, well, I can do this for you. I can do that for you. And then the kid said something, and he, like, like... I, he he he! Li- it was like this lie or something. Like I remember he lied about something, and I just like kind of went off on him. Like I didn't get like real mad, but man, I was just, like I did not represent Jesus at all. It was terrible, but I was just like I basically I didn't necessarily get mad or like yell at him or anything. I just got real stern, and I was like and I was like, why are you lying? And I just like I just called him out. And it, the reason I think it was bad and I regret doing it is because I feel like I kind of humiliated him in doing that. But then Mike said... Mike came to me later and said, well, you actually... I think you had discernment in that because I guess Mike actually put him up for the night and the kid ended up stealing a bunch of stuff from Mike and and robbing him or something. So, like... But even still, like, Mike said that, but I still don't necessarily think that that's... Even if I discerned something about him, I don't think I handled it the right way at all. You know? Yeah, I hear you. So I think there is a... Even in discernment there's still having the wisdom of what to do with that discernment and I don't think I handled that wisely. I've, I've, I've offended people with things that I've
0: thought I've discerned. Yeah. But like well she's really good at that, at discerning things. Um i could see that. And I'm not like yeah. I, I'm I just like I am kind of like I'm gonna everybody's good until they prove they're bad. That's good though. But it's I mean that there's a lot of like unnecessary risks. Yeah, that, like, and I believe people that I shouldn't believe. Yeah, and it's like it could be bad anyway, but I'm just saying like she's good at that. But she sent me this quote one time, um, and it's amazing that I still talk about because it it's just it's a, it's, a good, it's a good quote. And it said, and it's kind of talking about discernment in some ways, but it says, "Love without truth is sentimentalism, and truth without love is harshness, and neither yeah. will work."
1: That's really good. Love without so, truth is sentimentalism.
0: So that I'm just blindly loving you like I never you know, and I'm not like walking in truth it's just you know, like what you did. No,
1: you can love the that guy but like truth love. But there was it's truth true. to
0: what you saw and that, that had to be dealt with. Yeah
1: but and then in love. Yeah, yeah, But then if speaking i speaking the truth in love, yeah. But then if yeah. I
0: just speak the truth to you and I don't have love for you, neither neither way are gonna accomplish anything.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I mean there's 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 good in what you did. No, I don't I don't necessarily know that there is. I don't know. I mean, it really... It, I think the goodness that came out of it maybe was... I, mean, I don't know if the kid got... Hopefully, he got helped through... And maybe saw God and Randy or Mike or something. But... I don't think I helped at all. I think the good that came about it... Maybe through me was the strong conviction I got afterwards. I mean, I felt miserable. Like, it's definitely... To the point where, like, I wanted to go find the kid... And that's why I started asking Mike about the kid afterwards because I was, like, so convicted that I wanted to find the kid. And I was like, man, maybe I I can just put him up in my house for a while. Like, and I mean, I wouldn't. Like, you, that's not an odd thought to you. That's a very odd thought to me of being like, oh, hey, come live with this person. Come live with me. Like, just because I just don't, that's not a normal thought to me. It should be, but it's not. I don't know. Like I said, it's not they get like I guess kind of like Kelly I like my privacy or something too and it's so but even in that context it's not it's just not a normal thought in my head like oh this person needs a place to sleep I could let him sleep at my house like like, why don't I think about that I don't know it's kind of weird but but yeah I mean I think that was maybe the one good thing that came about it through me is just that the strong conviction and the point of correction to to not do that again but as for the kid, I mean, I really wish I knew what happened to him. I have no idea what happened to him. I'm saying he's probably still around Cleveland somewhere. I guess I don't know. He seemed like he seemed like a good kid. Like I mean, he seemed like he didn't seem super like on. He didn't seem like he was on drugs or anything really at all. He just seemed just like a lost kid sort of. I don't know. Yeah, there's, no,
0: there's no, I mean, I didn't know this. Um. But Cleveland is like, it has its dark, it has its dark, dark areas, man. Like I didn't know it. Like, um, I started, like, I got a pamphlet from the Cuyahoga Koy- Outreach. Um, they they do like they help the poor in the community, <laughs> but I didn't. I mean, it's, it's sad, dude. But like, it has a statistic that um, in southeast Bradley County or southeast Cleveland, the average income is fourteen thousand dollars.
1: Well,
0: Only one in four families have a male head of household. Wow. And 90, I think it's 93% of kids are on the free lunch program. Wow. That's in Southeast Bradley County. 93, wow. Dang. That's just like, those are crazy statistics. Like, I can't imagine living off $14,000 a year. Yeah. Yeah. With a kid? The child?
1: Yeah. Like, yeah, how do you how do you help people in that situation? Like, because you would think I don't know. There's a I mean, living living with all the Christians here, you think that'd be an easy problem to solve, right? But then at the same time, there's that whole like concept of like you don't you don't want to feed bad habits. Mm-hmm. So like, how do you help people in that situation? Are some people in that situation because they can't? I don't want to say that they can't be helped. I don't really like that phrasing or terminology when people say stuff like that. But, like, that... You know, I mean, the, the basically, you know what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. you try to help someone and you're just basically making their problem worse. You're enabling them to continue... Yeah. To continue.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, I'm praying of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's a man's work. you got to depend on him for, for everything. Because, like, there is a time it's like, no, I can't help you. Like... Yeah. No offense, but you're in this mess because you keep making the same decision over and over and over again, and now you gotta face yeah. the consequences. But then there's other times like mercy, like you gotta, I, I'm, yeah, I realize that you made a bad decision, and it is your decision that got you here. But like, I'm gonna help you, that's what Christ did. I mean, He reached yeah. down and I'm truth, truth and mercy, God yeah, He, God, he reached day. down to help us, but like He's not, you know, but if that person's suffering, He's gonna like open their eyes and you make different decisions and like
1: so yeah. be it you know yeah um I don't know the answer to help them though yeah it's hard because like how do you help somebody that doesn't want to repent and not even repentance in a sense of coming back to God but just even changing your ways or your lifestyle to actually get out of a situ- the area where you're living in for- making $14,000 on this or that like if someone doesn't want to make any changes in their life, how do you actually help them? And I think that's
0: where you can. not um, And that's kind of where I feel like I would like to start, like, a program.
1: Um, this is good. Let's get into the vision.
0: I, I like to start where I, I, I Like, I was probably on... It was, I had this, like, 10 years ago, probably. Maybe 12 years. I was, I was, I was downstairs... My parents, this is back in 2008, so it probably doesn't do it, before my parents' house burned down. And I was down in the basement listening to, like, hip-hop music, Christian hip-hop music. And, like, I had this vision of, like, um, like a gym, like, in an inner-city area. Um, like, a basketball court, so the inner-city kids could come in with basketball. Um, but, like, on Sundays and Saturdays, you'd have church services and bring in, like, maybe some, like, Christian... Artists, hip hop artists, stuff like that. draw the kids in, and, but you do just discipleship stuff. And then, like, I kind of saw a different vision of where, like, um, have a GED program where people getting out of prison, like, they can come in and learn and you can groom them for society so they have a, a chance. Because what, what I've seen so often is that they come out of prison, but they weren't fixed. And so they don't know anything different. And so they come out and they're still facing the same situation they were before they got in, they're still in poverty. And they, they only know one way, like I have a criminal record so I can't get a job. So I know one way, I gotta keep dealing drugs. And it's like, so I'm gonna go back and then they get back to prison and it's a repetitive cycle. But if we had some program where they could come out and you could like teach them like, most of them have a college education, like yeah. get them a GED and then like teach them and show them like how to be a, a productive member of society so that you're breaking the habit, you're breaking the cycle. Because like what I learned when I came out of drugs and I went to like one NA, one NA meeting and it was like I'm never doing this again. Yeah, but it was wasting my time. Because like when I went to the detox center, like you'd sit in a circle and you're all like, hey, my name is this and this is what I did and blah blah blah. blah. And then, like and I was in there for a week and like everybody would always like. Tell the same story and they cry at the same time. And every story, and I'm like this is ridiculous. I've been near the same story for seven days. And I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> and then one day, you know, <coughs> the same jump, and I was like, "But like, their their thing is once an addict, always an addict, and that's not true. Really? Yeah, once an addict, always an addict. Huh? Which in this, so they I mean they use it to try to help each other. Is like, oh, well, yo, know, you can't get near drugs because you'll do it again. You'll. Right? I mean, oh. maybe that's true, and maybe that's true, but like. That sets You're confessing it of yourself. Yeah, yeah. But, like... So what I'm saying... I don't don't, don't
1: think I'd say that's true. Because, like... If you... Even going back to the whole... When we talked about pornography. Like, I was addicted to pornography. And now, like... I mean... (laughs) Like, I thought about putting it this way one time. This isn't really PG. But, like... When Christ came to circumcise me, his hand slipped. And he was... Cut the whole thing off. Like, I have no desire for women whatsoever at all. Like, I could see a nude picture of a girl, and I have no... It, I Like, it doesn't... Yeah. I don't fall back into it. I, yeah. I have no... It's weird. Like, I don't... Like, he totally removed all that desire for me for whatever. Like, I have absolutely no sex drive whatsoever. So that's it's weird. Awesome. I mean, most... Most people I don't think that happens with Because they still want like a wife And raise a family and all that And they still are It's not that I'm like Don't think women aren't attractive Like I still find I think women are pretty and beautiful and stuff But I don't I I just don't have a desire for that at all It's weird It's like when he delivered me out of that He delivered me out of that Like I'm not not an addict Not always an addict If I'm around it I'm not going to fall back into it No I could if I want to But I don't know
0: yeah but like i I, i've seen that like they they reprimand them they you get caught smoking or you know possessing it so they put you in prison yeah and then like but all you're doing that's why i have such a problem at at times like psychiatrists who just prescribe medication i don't mean to rail on medic psychiatrists, but it's like you're not fixing the problem you're just treating the symptom
1: yeah, yeah, and that's the same you're thing. With putting, up, that's the yeah. same
0: thing with people putting. Just, if you're putting in people in prison, but you're not teaching them anything different, you're not giving them anything else to go with. Like, of course, when you let them go thirty days later, a month later, they're not. They're, they haven't taught them anything. You haven't given them an, an alternative lifestyle. You just told them this is bad. Don't do it. Yeah, but you're not teaching them that they they don't have to do it. And yeah. that's the beauty of the gospel is that it's <laughs> not that. <laughs> You got set free from it. And you're forgiven, but like you don't have to do it anymore. Yeah, I don't have to do that thing anymore. Yeah. I'm set free from it. Yeah, but like that's why I, I want to set up like the center, like teach people that, like have like a, a you can people come out of prison, like teach them GEDs, and like have a shelter where they can sleep there, a safe place off the street. Obviously, I mean it requires screening and things, but like teach them job skills and teach yeah. them like how to show up for an interview and, mm-hmm. and look appropriate and and and. How to balance a checkbook and like how to be good with
1: money. Yeah, balances a checkbook anymore. What are you it No, that's, that's old school. Right? But
0: yeah, yeah, that's old school. My mom does actually. Yeah, my wife doesn't. I mean, she gives it a budget. We don't. We
1: don't do yeah. chess. We No, not. my mom physically writes it out. She uses her card at the gas station. She'll open a checkbook and write it out. <laughs> no, like I mean, it's good because she's always on top of things and knows everything. But I'm just like, man. Every time you you teach like every time you so yeah. But anyway, so sorry, I
0: didn't. Mean to no, you're good. <laughs> yeah. And like and like we went to me and my wife and we saw a movie. I can't remember what it was called. October Baby. Mm-hmm. It was okay. this lady. Yeah. yeah. It was it, uh, this girl who was going to be aborted but her mom had not put it for adoption. Okay. And then it, it was her story. It was, yeah. it was really good. But we also kind of like wanted to that into like a place where people who are pregnant and. Don't okay. know what to do. Kind of like what New Hope Pregnancy does. Yeah, yeah. They yeah, yeah. give people an alternative option.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just, it's stuff like that. That's like, it's, it's kind of stuff I'm passionate about. It's like That would be cool. So the, all of that kind of – or is that a branch off no that there's a gym like, center? Or? No, I would like it to all be – I mean, to
0: all be kind of one big campus in the center of, like, a big city. Um, yeah. Where, like, the youth – and, I, and personally about the youth, like, have you ever been to a hidden place or hung out there at all?
1: Not in like, a long time, man. A long time
0: ago. I don't mean this like in a harsh way, but like most of those kids, they don't even have a chance. They weren't even given a chance. Yeah. They were raised in it. Like they don't know any better. No one taught them any better.
1: Yeah. The kids that hang out there,
0: yeah. obviously, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and then, you know, so the, all, these, all they see is, like, that's what they know. And so they, they do what they know. You, you do what you know. Yeah, yeah. And so, but if they have a – and they have a place is great that. They need, right, need more help and more staffing and more funding uh, yeah, and things sure, like that. Yeah. But, like, um, show them something different. And I feel like if you had, like – a place where the kids could come and like you know, they had some ways and they could live, work wake, work out a little bit and shoot some basketball and things like that. Yeah. A place to get out and not get in trouble. Yeah. And still hang out and have fun. And then like you had like you know, you did cool services, like we had a Christian rapper come in or something like that and they mm-hmm. they'd be attracted to that. Yeah. They come in and then you had yeah, a preacher yeah. come up and, and, and preach and preach and, and preach the gospel and bandula about them, and then awful prayer and like Mm-hmm. Stuff like that, like I feel like so often in church, I feel like and this is what I really liked about I heard of the, of the Mike Jones podcast is that like I feel like so often like we get people saved and then that's where we leave them okay you're saved like your congratulations figured out but like discipleship we gotta have it yeah and the smaller churches like what, you're, what you guys are talking about like it gives you the opportunity to like not only you get them saved but then you give them, you teach them about who they are and you yeah. get opportunities to put that into practice and to use that and to utilize that yeah yeah. and so I want that to see that in faith and I, I want to see that like socially too like yeah so you, you'd empty out the prison system a little bit if you just taught them
1: a different way of life yeah who they are in Christ yeah yeah that's really good yeah, I think that's key too because then you get to see the... And you get to highlight the value in them in those small area, like areas too. You get to really... You get to know people. That's where you get to know people. You go to church and you don't just go into service and sit in there, you don't... If you're in a smaller church, maybe you can talk... But even in those cases, sometimes, I mean, you can go, sit down, listen to service, get up and leave. You don't necessarily have to even socialize or anything. But the things... I've enjoyed most are like the men's group that I would go to when my parents were doing the Bible study at their house, which they just recently started back doing. It's going to be like once a month. So, but they that was I think that was and Mike Jones said the same thing. Like he said he thinks that was kind of the clearest depiction of what the church should look like to him um, because it was just it was a home home setting like a home almost like a home church and people would come, but then everybody's. Basically all we would do would be just like at the beginning of the week or before we'd come together we'd say uh, like last time we picked Proverbs 8 we We're just like just pick a passage of scripture or something be like this is what we're looking at there were times where it was just a verse and so we'd all read that but then we'd sit down and usually my mom kind of open it up and read the verse kind of give her a take on it and then but then it's just open up like so what all like what did God show you in this like in each person everybody it was just it's a lot more community mm-hmm. and then, then normal church setup. is like a, a pastor teaching which I, I'm not saying that's, uh, that that's a bad thing at all but it, at my parents house it was more like one person would kind of almost direct it and not necessarily run the show like mm-hmm. just kind of like directed like one time Mike Jones even did one and he just kind of he came up with I think that one wasn't so much just I can't remember I think he had a scripture to go with it but it was like kind of a, a theme or an idea too that yeah. he to the people, and so he kind of directed he he took the direction of it but it was still like to all-inclusive like we sit in a circle and yeah everybody, everybody gets to sit to, yeah just weigh in and talk and and you all get to glean off one another, which is so great. And you get to see that. And you get to see each each person's, like, God working in each person. Mm-hmm. That's what you get to see. And it's really cool to see that. It's so cool to see that, to see the body of Christ come together in that and see God working in each individual. It's so cool to see that. Like, other yeah, men's group it's like that, too. You get to see, like, Mike Jones, really strong teacher, and then another person, like, like, uh... It's, I always use them these two examples basically is who I use because you got Mike Jones is a big teacher then Pete is the other guy we call. he's just straight evangelist like I don't know just see the, the different gifts God's mm-hmm. put in each person and they all come together there and stuff I don't know it's really cool it's so valuable it's and it it's, lo- it's weird because it is lost in the church setting. Not that church and Sunday morning service is a bad thing. I don't think it is at all. I think it's needed and it's healthy. But it seems like that those things are lost in the Sunday morning service for some reason.
0: No, I, I completely agree with you. Um, actually, I, I, was, uh, I read a book. I don't know, finish it. I almost, almost, almost read it. By Francis Chan. Yeah. Called uh, Letter to the Church. Dude, and it was so enlightening, man. Um, he talked about, and he uses like kind of a family setting, but like, and kind of we talking about a little bit, but like how one man's been put there, and he's kind of over everything, and you come and you hear what he has to say about it, and then you leave. Yeah. Um, but he talked about it like, um, if I was a father, like you, I guess you're in this, sense, you're viewing the pastors as like the father. Yeah. Like, if you, if you, if I had a, a, a child. And they've been in my house for 18 years, and they become an adult, and they still can't go out and run their own household. I failed them. I haven't been a good dad. Yeah. Because I haven't taught them to be be stand on their own. Wow, that's good. And it's the same way with them. Like, how many people in the church, because they're always listening to one man, nobody else is involved, like they if he were to leave, there's no one that can step in because they haven't been taught. They they can they could they couldn't go off and start their own church. Yeah. Because they have no idea what they're doing. Yeah. So that's that's one one of the reasons that he left he had a huge church in California and he went off and now they have this thing called I think it's called Weed Church. And they literally do house church. Yeah, yeah. And they have they do it in one house and they have like twenty five or thirty people and they meet together for one year. And they're training people. And at the end of that one year, they have like two or three people they've known as pastors. And they all, they branch out. They split. And, and start another house church. Yeah. And everyone is together for a year. And then they're training and, and equipping more people to do it. It's kind of exactly. Like spreading.
1: Yeah, that's kind of what Mike kept talking about too. These scatter points is what he kept calling them. Like they, you grow and then you scatter. And you grow and you scatter. And you grow and you scatter. Kind of like that. You'd be in that one house church for a year, and then you scatter and branch out and branch out. Yeah.
0: And I think cause that gives everyone an opportunity to utilize their gifts. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I think too that, um, and that's one thing. In, last night when I was talking to Mike too, it came up again. And man, I just really desired to see it because he brought that. He pointed out to me one time, and I never really thought about it before. Is the fivefold ministry? You know, pa- uh, pastor, preacher, apostle. Evangelist,
0: um, preacher, teacher, that's apostle, it. evangelist,
1: pastor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but those he said, he mentioned one time that he's never seen a church that has all of those in it, and and I would love to see that. Like ever since he pointed that out to me, I was like, that's true. But that would be so cool to actually see a church with all of those because you 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 see churches and you it's usually all one way. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a very prophetic church, or something. And then most people that aren't a part of that church look at it and be like, "Well, oh, they're weird, off in some area, of some sort of mysticism stuff." <laughs> it's like, yeah, prophets are weird and they're strange, but it's like, but they're needed. But then, but you do get that. But in every every church, that's like that. It runs such an extreme bias that I don't know that they, I don't know that I would say they get off into error, but they're so far onto one side to where it's off balance I guess is what I would say it's way off balance and like same thing with teacher and Mike pointed that out like you get you get in a church that's really big in teaching and they're teaching and teaching and teaching and they have the strong emphasis in teaching and so then everybody in there assistant pastor is a teacher most of the people that go to the church are into the teachings and the teachings and like and they don't have a prophet and so then he's like then they just want to start a school or something or start a ministry school and he's like Which isn't a bad thing either, but it's, like, you don't have each... The churches where I feel like I have noticed um, that there's been more than one have seemed to be extremely healthy. A lot healthier. But they still, I think, I've only ever seen two. Like, the only ones I can think of offhand is... uh, International House of Prayer, IHOP, with Mike Bickle, who's a teacher. And then he's passed away now, but they had Bob Jones, Mm -hmm. who was a weird prophet. Like, he was very mystical. He always talked in, like, pictures and images and stuff. But it was like, they worked together, hand in hand, and helped each other and supported each other. And Mike, Mike Bickle really valued his prophetic anointing. And Bob Jones valued Mike Bickle's teaching anointing. And they seemed to be very healthy, what they had going and uh the other one i can think of is uh bethel church mm-hmm. California. Yeah. yeah bill johnson great teacher mm-hmm. and then they have chris volatin who's a prophet and stuff and so they seem to be like they seem to have more balance when you look at those like they're i don't know they just seem to be more well-rounded i guess to me
0: there's a, the, a book i kind of i think it's a joy um i kind of follow you when I, when I read it um um, it's by Jeremiah Johnson. Okay. Called cleansing and igniting the prophetic. And in one of the chapters, he goes to this thing of like why prophets need pastors, why prophets need teachers, why, pro- why prophets need evangelists, yeah. why like, like why why we all need each other.
1: Yeah, yeah. What? Why evangelists need prophets? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah.
0: Like, um, you know, and so it was like it just it was really good, a really good picture. That's and I, cool. I, I, I thought you I going read it. Um, that would I mean, be really cool. It was a, it was an, I, I, I can give it to you if you want. Um, but I like what you're talking about, well, because, like, if we're all a body, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, we're, we're supposed to be different functions. Yeah. Like, my, I'm not supposed to walk on my hands. Yeah. And people see me walk, always walk on my hands. Like, it's a cool trick. Yeah. Like, yeah, like yeah. I'm always doing it. Like, they think that's, I'm, that's like I'm a weirdo. Yeah. And if I'm always, like never using my hands, because my, my feet are out there, people think I have my hands are broken or yeah. broken. you know what I'm saying? So like as a, if Christ is our head, yeah, and the Holy Spirit is like how does the messenger like he's if he's the head, he's the brain, he sends the messages to the Holy Spirit to different parts of the body. Yeah. And if we're like not using it's like the other parts of the body are falling asleep because yeah. they're, they're not being utilized like if I'm sitting in a car for five years like my feet are going to be asleep that's really
1: good I like the um, yeah and even in the example too you mentioned earlier is how Kelly is good in discernment you guys balance each other in that um, and, and you kind of pull her out of her comfort zone a little bit too but I really like what you just said too about it, it, kind of, it kind of made me think about going back to where you talked about being focused on the whole golf ball analogy too like focused on one thing um and with the body coming together, I feel like the body, the, I, that's why I like the small groups because I feel like I see you get to see more of that of um, people, like my parents, my par- the thing that was in my parents' house. Um, like Miss Brenda came. She's really the church she goes to now is a tribe. Yeah, they're, they're really, really prophetic. Um, and she's she's a prophet. Like, I would call her a prophet. And she's very prophetic. But I remember her being there. Like, you know, yeah, we could be there and Mike Jones would be there. He's a strong teacher. Then she's there, uh, very prophetic and stuff. But have every, having all those different people and those different functions in one room is so cool. But it's that one... Kind of back to the golf ball analogy, I feel like the body comes together under the head and it's all... It seems like we can always... If it was set up as a meeting like, oh, hey, we're going to do a teaching, like, well, then maybe the prophets wouldn't be inclined to come, but if it's set up as, hey, we're going to exalt Jesus Christ, we're going to look at the head. It seems like everybody can come to do that and everybody wants to do that whether you're a prophet, apostle, evangelist, whatever, like, say, hey, we're just going to get together and this is our one goal, is just pouring the oil on the head of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Like, that's like, Mary did that, you know, and mm-hmm. there's something so profound when Jesus says, like, this gospel, she's going to, wherever this gospel is preached, it's going to mention this. And she... She pours the oil on his head, right? I think in one passage it says she pours it on his body, or no? She pours it on his head, but then there's a part where, like, I think it might might say one and one where she's pours it on his feet. It's yeah,
0: she she rubs the feet with it in her
1: hair? Yeah, yeah. But then Jesus says she did this for my body. Like, I I don't know. There's like this connection where she pours it on his head, but then it's it's for his body also and it's like that that if we can just get get that concept of just let's just exalt jesus christ let's just worship him let's focus on him let's just love him and pour the oil on his head like that psalm how sweet it is for the brethren to dwell in you dwell together in unity it is like precious oil running down the head of air and it's like that's where the unity, I feel like, can be found is in that one thing, you know? It's beautiful. Isn't it? That's such that's a pretty amazing. picture. Like, but I really feel like that's where everybody can come together on that one thing where every denomination, every, every ministry, everything, if you just come together, like you said earlier, with that one focus of just, just, just look at him. Like, why wouldn't people come... If you're a Christian, like, that's all you should want to do. And how can you object to that? But then, I mean, if someone was like, hey, we're going to give a... you know, a... Um, a prophetic, I don't know, something, then, you know, they'd probably have a lot of people that'd be like, well, I feel weird about that or something. I'm not going to go to that because I don't know what that's going to be. Or other people, hey, we're going to give this teaching. Oh, that sounds a little boring or something, but... I don't know.
0: No, I think we're saying it makes sense. That's yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah, and it would be nice to like find some place or to make some place where, like yeah. everyone was walking in their giftings. Yeah, yeah. And like, but no one was jealous of what someone else was doing. Yeah. yeah. So if, like, sometimes we do that. Like, we make it like when I mean, a church is like strong in one area, like everybody thinks that like one size fits all and so like yeah, evangelism which is what you gotta do. Yeah. yeah. That's like I mean yes I like I'm I'm strong in, uh, that's my I'm strong in evangelism. Like that's that's what I love to do. Yeah. Um but that's not what everybody wants to do. Like I don't Often like see visions and I always like I don't that's not something I, I yeah
1: walk dude into. I love seeing visions I would like to see more of that like it's sort of me like I, I joke about the prophetic and I say they're all weirdness because they are weird prophets are so strange but like I love that stuff like I like I love it I'd love seeing in pictures and talking in pictures speaking I like, I love all that stuff. But, anyway, mm. sorry. <laughs> no, you're good, <laughs>
0: man. But, I mean, like, yeah. it's, it's not that I've never seen anything, but it's like, I see, like... I, I know what you mean, they're stronger talkers, like, and other People stuff. are, like, yeah. often, like, they're always seeing something. I was like, I don't that's not... Yeah. just not geared that way. It's not... I don't... Mm-hmm. I'm just not... I'm just, I don't experience them that way. Yeah. Um, and you've got a different burning
1: on your heart. Yeah.
0: But, them. like... And I feel like, when it talks about those... Those, like, the evangelists, those four, they were... It says they're... To have that for the benefit of the body
1: for the, edifying.
0: for the edifying of the body for to stir them up for ministry to prepare them for ministry yeah yeah and so it's like okay i'm gifting individuals so like my gifting is going to like challenge other people to like maybe be step outside more of their comfort zone yeah and the prophet is going to challenge people to like be more in touch with the spirit like maybe you, yeah sure call missus and call what you want but like that's what they're going to be challenged to do yeah, yeah. and teachers are going to be like be more stronger in the word, like get a deeper understanding what the word is. Yeah, and 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 preachers are be more intense, like yeah, people fired up, and then pastors are
1: like shepherds and like yeah. Com- I don't know, man. I would say you've got a couple of those on you, like how Paul was apostle, this that. Yeah, I'd say you'd have more than just evangelism. I think evangelism might be your center, or your core of your heart, but I definitely think you have a teacher anointing, also maybe even a pre preacher too a little bit, but. Yeah, I don't know. I, I would say that I see that, um, and definitely a yeah, even a pastoral one too, because you really have you kind of have a, I think you have a pastor's heart in a sense too. Um, Sometimes, but I feel
0: like I've, I've like I'm reading that book um, about cleansing in a prophetic, because like that was something I, I desired for. I mean, it is what the Bible says. Desire to prophesy Yeah, yeah desire to So I was like Yeah, I really want that Like I want to be able To do it like that And do you know But he talked about Like how preachers are not preachers Pastors Like Is it kind of like They just want they, They're they want to, They'll sit down with people And like They're just willing To walk through them With them Walk through the problem With them And like Prophets are more like Let's get it fixed Yeah And like Sometimes I see are more being like Let's just get it fixed Like let's Let's yeah. fix this problem Yeah, yeah And then But other And then I get annoyed sometimes. I was like, why are we still... why are we still dealing with the same thing we've been dealing with? Like
1: Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's what you're saying. With isn't pastor wise, yeah. This, I don't know. I don't know, I guess I guess just where I was maybe thinking about that the pastor context of maybe is in a sense that I've really seen you bear with people with a lot of long suffering for I mean like you're talking about bringing people in your house and stuff and really walking with people you have done that you have walked with people in their struggles and through that's... through their struggles and stuff so i guess that that's kind of what i was thinking like not that you haven't done that but i i do i do see what you're saying too though um yeah where that's i could yeah i can definitely see you saying that too why are we still dealing with that <laughs> come on guys but... getting go mode
0: <laughs> but like i don't know i just but I like what you're
1: talking about because it, it's all, it's all, like, let's it just, just focus on him. Yeah. And let's bless, bless him and run him with oil. Like, yeah, yeah. And run down to us. Yeah, and I mean, and then and if you come together and that's the focus, and people flow in their giftings in that scenario. Like, there was a, like, okay, so, um, Cameron Ball, uh, yeah, he was there. This is one thing I'm thinking of specifically, and he, man, he's got a really great, Worship voice He can sing like Like an angel Basically <laughs> But like I didn't even know He could sing at this point And um, So we were sitting there And we were like I think it was kind of Wrapping up The the night or whatever And Miss Brenda was there At that one And um, And so we are It was coming to a close And I think we were maybe Praying or something At the end And then she was just like She's like I don't know Does anybody I just feel like Someone has a song Does anybody have a song And so like There's her prophetic Prophetic gift just coming out but I mean we weren't there so that way we could but it's like well that's her gifting and it came and God used it and she used it in that setting and then as soon as she said that then Cameron was like yeah I've actually had this hymn like repeating in my head and so he just started singing this hymn a cappella, and it was just like I don't know it was really cool to see all that happen in that little setting and everything yeah and so like coming together with that one focus but then each person you still get to experience all the gifts in it and really watch them work together in unity. It's really cool, man. It's really cool. That's a, I mean, that's a finely tuned body right there. It's like... Yeah. It'd be cool to get that, that more, I don't know how you do that because in church setting, because I don't think church setting is a bad thing. Like, I don't think Sunday morning service is bad at all. I I quite enjoy it, you know? Yeah. And and the structure of it, I think is nice too. And the, having a praise and worship team gets up I, I, in the routineness of it I don't think is bad either like some people criticize it a lot but I don't necessarily think it's bad because it's it's nice to have a routine and it's nice to have things structured and some people really like that I've been a, there's a church right downtown here I went to one time I think it might have been a Lutheran church or something I don't know but it was like a really it was all like kind of very like almost Catholic kind of feeling when you go in. But it was really beautiful service. But it was very... Structured. You know, yeah, structured. Like, a lot of people yeah. would say, they're just dead. The Holy Spirit's, you know, not moving there. There's nothing wild happens or anything. And that is sad because, like, I feel like there isn't necessarily a freedom to flow in that scenario. But then at the same time, too, the... I remember there being this kind of this... It was almost nice to be in a setting like that too, though, and because I hadn't been in a setting like that before, and it kind of there was a reverence that went along with it mm-hmm. and everything. So I don't necessarily think those things are bad. Like some people will see that and they'll want to throw it out completely because they're like, "Well, they don't allow." There's no flow to the service. They don't allow the Holy Spirit to him for him to work. Or, but it's like I don't, I don't know. Even churches that start out that way seem to fall into a routine at some point. I don't it's true. Thing, I man. mean, but like,
0: I, I, I had one of the most, like, amazing worship experiences I've ever had at a Catholic church. I remember you telling me that one time, yeah. It is like, you can experience the like Holy Spirit wherever you want to. Yeah. But it was like, well, I like what you're talking about, like reverence. Because there, there seemed to be like, yeah, it was ritual. Yeah, like, yeah. It was stand, sit, stand, sit, say this, say this. But like, there was like this reverence in it. Yeah, it's like this holy feeling or something. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's weird. It's yeah. And, and so, like... But I also feel like there is a place for structure because, like, even if like pioneers, right? Like, they don't start off in some unknown place. They start off from a known place and they push into the unknown. Yeah. And so, like, I feel like that's the same way. Like, there, there is a place in the church for structure. But, like, if that's where you stay, yeah. You never push further because, well, this is, a, we, we sing our three songs. Yeah. Right? yeah. And then the preacher gets up and he preaches a 30 minute sermon and we all go home. Like, then, you, then you've kind of, in some ways, you've stifled the Spirit because you're not, like, have has freedom. Yeah. But he he never takes anything from something that is not and, make, and without... We can't do it as humans. Yeah. Take something that's not and make it so. Yeah. So I think he gives us routine for the sake of a, We have a routine and we have a springboard to launch from.
1: Yeah. That's good. That's really good.
0: And so I like... I don't mind the structure. Yeah. But I also don't want it to be so structured as, like, if the Holy Spirit should have, we have no idea what to do
1: yeah 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 and to always does that to always wanting more in even in the structure too to not get complacent in the routine mm-hmm. yeah because complacency and that's so scary to me it's so scary it's just, yeah it freaks me out really bad I always every time I see it I just want to like I don't know and yeah it terrifies me um but that's really good what you said. I like that a lot. Like having that as a springboard to, long, to launch from, and always be willing, always being humble, and always be willing to change in in the the ritual and the struct in the structure and everything. Always being willing for God to to break it all down if He wants to. And yeah, I don't know. That's really good. I like how you put that too. I really like what you said about the pioneer that they're. You're coming from a known place, going into the unknown. I like that a lot. That's really good, man. That's good. Cool.
0: How do you? you I mean, how do you think? I think I have have some idea. Maybe not a lot, but like, how do you think
1: you're you're gifted? Do you know what your giftings are? Uh, no, not necessarily. Um, I really don't, honestly. Uh, Bob, Pastor Bob Bevan. Do you know him? Uh, pastor Bob I know the name He's The assistant pastor At Living Word. Okay yeah, yeah I know that I if, you I... Got, if, you, if you don't know him You gotta meet him He's like One of the best guys ever And he's like One of the most encouraging people I think I've ever met in my life Like Every time I'm around him Like everybody says that If you're around him Like You just feel good He's always Like I don't know But he's told me I think at least twice That he said He's seen a, a Teacher prophet anointing In me But I I mean I don't know that's what, that, was, that's, what, that's what I was.
0: That's okay. I. I Okay. I feel like you have the prophetic, um, and I can see that about you. And in some ways, because like you've always been creative.
1: Thanks, man. And yeah. Thanks.
0: Made the, me feel good. Yeah, dude, you're awesome. <laughs> you're but you've always been creative. Like, no, I mean no offense. Like sometimes, like it's strange art. Like the little things you doodle sometimes, like the half shark half lion. Oh yeah. yeah like it's fun. weird, but like it works, man. It's just like but. I mean, souls walk around naked for three months, for three years. Like that's weird. So you <laughs> want to do that. Or like, or like, I haven't done that one yet. Cooking food over over dung. That's
1: like a weird thing to do. But yeah, like, yeah. God was like do it. Yeah. Um, Ezekiel, I think, is probably one of my favorite prophets in the Bible, and he's like the weirdest one.
0: Yeah, it's weird stuff, man. So it's like, like, but you have to you create it that way. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like you are gifted that way. Like you have the prophetic because the prophet they're they're about that kind of stuff like they're geared that way I feel like God creates your you in a certain way because it says he created you from the foundation of the world like he knew you yeah um, and yeah so yeah he, he created you in a certain way we could
1: talk about that for hours too yeah places, dude yeah.
0: he created you a certain way and then when he puts his spirit inside you I feel like his spirit inside you his spiritual DNA
1: and your physical DNA work together in a certain way like he's man that is really good you put that in a book. Put that. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that was really good. His spirit's, your spiritual DNA works with your physical DNA. That's a really good way of putting it, too. That. Yeah, because I mean, that whole. Oh, I'm really big on dying yourself and, like, coming to the end of yourself, too. But it's like, you're not. You're not doing away with yourself, in a sense. It's just a point of submission, basically. Be, to, to let God use your own. He will use your own personality. Like he, 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 There is individualism. It's not just he doesn't make everybody the same cookie cutter or shit. Yeah, yeah everybody's it. an individual. It's him using. Yeah, your your two DNAs kind of co cool working together. That's really cool. I don't know. Sorry. No, you're good. Oh, no, yeah. I was just I was admiring what you said again. That was nice. Anyway. So
0: I feel like he made you that way. Yeah. And I just know like, you've been creative. Like you, you have kind of abstract ideas about stuff. But you also, like... You have a strong... A strong knowing of stuff. Like, you... I remember one... Before you even had come back to Christ... I was talking to your mom one day. I don't remember when... I don't remember where I was even my walk yet. I don't remember. But she just said, like... You had not come back yet, but she knew that you had a strong knowing. You know, you had to, God told her you, you had knowings. Like, you had, like, this... You know, you had the word in you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I feel like... It's one thing I've admired about you, like... Ever since, like, I've known you've come back. is like, you have this strong desire for the word. And you have a, a deep understanding of the word. And I feel like... I, I've, I haven't read all of your book yet. But I've read, lot, I've read a lot. And it's deep stuff, man. But it's so... It's not, like, hard to understand. You, lay, you lay, It's deep.
1: Oh, but good. You lay I'm, glad, it, I'm glad it's laid out. Um, something but you lay,
0: it's, it's laid out so simple. Yeah. And so it's easy to understand. That's good. And that's I always feel like a I have
1: trouble laying stuff out. No,
0: I don't. everything you said tonight has been amazing, man. Mm-hmm. And it's like in your book, like everything is easy. Like that's Thanks. the thing. Like a good teacher is someone that can take a really hard subject
1: and break it down and make it simple to understand. Yeah. that's what a teacher does. Thanks for saying all that. I mean, it's weird because I, I feel like everything God. I mean, it's all God. It's all stuff that God's shown me. Like you know, it says. I mean, you know that. Everybody says that, I guess, of course. That it all comes from him. Um, but even the stuff he's shown me. But then it's like like you saying I have knowings or strong knowings. It's like, man, Like I was, just, I, think I, I was just thinking about that verse today. Like if anyone thinks he knows anything, he knows nothing yet as he ought to know. And it's like how many times in the epistles where he'll say, do you, do you not know? Do you not know this? And it's like every time I think I know something, I don't really know it. It's just, like, I don't know. It's, like, it's, like, thanks for that compliment. Like, yeah, I think I know this, but it's, like, man, I really don't know it. Or even if I think I know it, I don't know it as I ought to know it. Like, I don't know the depths of it. And so, and every time I feel like I've learned something, it just kind of reveals to me more how little I actually know about everything in general.
0: But I think that's beautiful, too, because that's where, like, that's where you, you stay humble. Yeah. Because, and then you also, you can't, you won't... I think that's beautiful that like you're afraid of complacency yeah yeah because like because you can read the same scripture like 15 times and get some and get 15 different revelations and it's beautiful that's how amazing God is like he's so deep but like yeah there's no
1: end to him yeah yeah I know like, no end
0: like yeah in some ways do not know but like yeah I do know but not, I don't know
1: yeah like, yeah I know but I don't Not a, yeah not as I should yeah and how revelations come back. Have you ever had that happen where, like, a revelation you get, and it'll be, like, all fresh and new, and then it comes, it's like it's on a cycle, and it comes back and hits you again?
0: You ever had that happen? Uh, Yeah, um, I have, and it's like, and it's like, he, he kind of revealed a small truth to me, and I'm like, ah, that's like, cool. Yeah. And then, like, it
1: a year later, you. and it's like, whoa. Yeah, wait, just wait, like. Way deeper than I thought it was. Yeah, yeah. I love that yeah yeah cause like you get it and you know it and then it comes back and it's like oh well now I know it now I and then it comes back oh well now I know it and that's what I mean it's like I thought I knew it before but it's, you just keep getting depths of knowing the depths and the richness of it like you said it's unending glory to glory yeah glory to glory yeah man that's so good I love that sorry she, she t- your wife texting you uh, so I mean, had a, you got a couple texts identity. I know. we can I mean we can end this no can, I good. I don't mind. We've been talking for like... It's like three and a half hours now. Almost. What time is it anyway? 11.30. 11.30? Well, we can head out, man. Because you got... You got a long drive tomorrow. I'm sitting in the back seat sleeping. What? I'm not driving. You're sleeping with a kid. She'll keep you up, man. She'll keep you up. I'm waking up early. Yeah. I didn't realize it was that late. I'm, not, dude, I'm enjoying yeah. this, man. Me too. I'm, I'm loving this. I know I told... I probably... Um, I told, uh, I don't know if he was staying there, because I put my phone on airplane mode, so I have no idea if he tried to text me back. Trey, um, uh, Melissa's fiance, I d- he was over at my parents' house. I don't know if he was crashing there tonight or not. I was gonna play a video game with him tonight. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I didn't even know he liked video games until recently. I hardly ever play him anymore, man. That's the only time, uh, even then I don't really play him that often. Because I just leave, I left my PS4 over at my parents' house now, and so, like, if I'm there on the weekend and he's there, maybe we will play or something. But I have no idea if he's even staying there tonight or not. He was, His car broke down, I think, and so he was coming to work on it at my parents' house today. Because it was over there when I saw it. But I don't know. I like the that you said that, too, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Um, I don't know. You could talk about that for a long time, too. But um, It just made me think about the whole... Um, I like the... the psalm 139 it says um What is it i'm just gonna look at it really quick yeah because i love the um hey dude i'm like had, had right there where i stopped today i read See? some psalms awesome. it says but it says your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed and in your book they were all written the day's fashioned for me went when as yet there were none of them I just love like that. I love the word of God so much and I love that part there where it says, In your book, they're all written for me, the days fashioned for me. Like in here is where I find my own identity and my own self. It's like so like the other psalm where he says, Behold I come in the scroll of the book it is written of me. Like that's why I always like asking people what their favorite Passage of scripture is or their favorite chapter, or favorite verse, or something. Because I like to see what they're what God's writing on the tablet of their heart, basically. Because it seems like everybody's got a different a different portion of scriptures. Right? There's certain scriptures, and I know you know, like I'm sure you've experienced this. There's certain ones that you hold so personal. You like you kind of don't even want to share them with people because they're yours. You know, like you don't want other people taking them. Do you ever feel like that? You're like, I got this one, and it's mine. It's all mine, sort of. Like, this is so personal. Uh, I don't
0: know. I feel like a lot of times, I feel like I maybe it's just something different. I
1: don't know about that. Maybe if I get a revelation, Yeah. I can't wait to share it. Yeah. Well, I mean, not in that sense, I guess. But, like, um I'm trying to think of an example. Like, a verse that's just, I guess, so personal where it feels like it's part of your being. In part, like, I guess all of them should maybe feel like that in a sense, but there's some that have just been, like, I guess, quickened in it, to where they were just at the perfect moment, perfect time or something, to where they're just, like, I don't know, something you cling to. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I have a couple of them. Not that I wouldn't share them with people, but I feel like... It's weird because it's not that it's necessarily even a revelation. It's just, like, certain words out of the that aren't even necessarily revelation they're just like really really strong like one of them um probably the first one i think i got one of the first words of the scripture that i feel like god really really quickened to me was um it was in Job and he says "Now prepare yourself like a man i'll question you and you will answer me and it was just kind of like like see i wouldn't i don't know that that would be a revelation i guess it was kind of in that moment for me a personal revelation of like waking up like it, when that verse came to me, like I need to repair myself like a man, and so I don't know, but it's like I don't really necessarily know how to share that with other people, like oh, I got this cool new revelation yeah, or something. But yeah, it's just something personal like that, I guess, to where I feel like God's—I I don't know—does that with every person, where you get different little little words that feel like they're carved on your heart, very per- deeper than other, deeper than I, other I, verses, I, I guess. You. Yeah, I hear what you mean. Yeah i know bill johnson will mention that too like everyone so it's been a couple sermons i've heard him say where he'll be like this verse or just point out like a specific like i think isaiah 60 is one he references like this whole chapter like came to me as he said he says i'll basically say it's very very personal to me like it came at like the perfect time or something yeah Yeah, really really impactful i don't know but speaking of though what is it what is do you have a favorite passage of scripture or a favorite chapter or anything um Favorite book?
0: I really like. I really like Romans. Okay. Um, I just. I think it's one of the most beautiful books I've ever written. Because um, it, it's so, like, it's so deep. Because Paul, oh, like, yeah. Paul is like. I think he's such an ama- Like he was so smart. Yeah. Like and so like he had a very like complex way of writing, and so it, like I get excited about scriptures that are. I I like deep things. Like yeah. I don't. I don't do a lot of devotionals. Because I don't, I just like they're so sort of like surfacey stuff, and I just don't want like, the surface stuff is okay, yeah, but yeah. Like, I like like when things like it requires like deep thought, and all of a sudden you're like, bam, 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 it's like, oh my gosh, yeah, like that's how it all fits together, that's a puzzle. Like, like I like analogies, yeah, and so I think like Romans is like so filled with analogies, like, like that's the way God yeah. hired me. Like, I'm good with analogies.
1: And parables and And,
0: stuff? Yeah, like... And so I like that kind of stuff. Like, piecing Mm -hmm.
1: stuff together and, like... Yeah, yeah. Um, That's one thing I like about the scripture, too, is that... uh, I love how Jesus said that. It always stood out to me. He says... um, Well, it says... When he's going through all those parables, I think at the end it says... He spoke all these things in parables to them. And then it says... And he spoke and ah, i gotta find it now it's like it says in, it, it, without a parable he did not speak to him like yeah. everything he said was in parables um but without a parable yeah mark this is the part in mark where it says mark 434 but without a parable he did not speak to them and that is always stood out to me like like every single word in here like even if it was a literal thing it can still be read almost as a parable. Like, the feeding of the 5,000. Yeah. Like, that was a literal miracle. That actually happened. That's historical. But then you can look at it and be like, well, what does the bread symbolize? Like, the breaking of his body. Like, yeah, or the taking the gospel to the 5,000 because he gives that to the disciples and the disciples give it to the 5,000. Like, I I don't know, you can just do like, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, that's cool that you like that stuff and you think that way because it's like that's how the entire Bible is set up that way. So one verse that I've been a thing
0: a lot about lately is, "It's the glory of God to conceal matter, but it's the glory of kings to seek to search the matter out." Yeah, yeah. And it's like, dude, that's the Bible, man. His his glory is like concealed in there, and he it's our glory to like uncover it, to search yeah. it out, and go after it. I'm like, oh my God, that's what it means. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, and I'm a king because you know I'm was made I was made to have dominion. Yeah. And so I'm a king in that sense. And so it's my glory to seek it out and understand what he's what he's concealed. Yeah. And so I, I, I like that so much when I think about like yeah, it's my glory to seek it out.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. But here here's that question for you. Yeah.
0: Right, and Mister Deep Thinker um, that you are, I haven't, I have yet an answer. I haven't I haven't really gotten an answer yet. I've i asked and he hasn't revealed it to me. Okay, it's in Luke. Um, it probably says it in other, other verses too, but um, in Luke, I think it's—I can't remember the verse of the chapter. It's like verse eighteen, but I can't remember the chapter. Um, it says it's talking about Christ being the cornerstone, um, and it says to everyone who falls on this, they'll be broken. I had a feeling you were going here, but on anyone it falls on, will be destroyed or scattered like dust. Yeah, and so it's like. I've been trying to like understand like the
1: understand difference that. I don't the know the difference like what I don't know what's between falling on it and it falling on you like and be broken being broken and being ground into a powder I think is yeah, what like, I, that I, is. I uh, don't
0: understand the, I'm trying to understand the difference
1: I don't know like I I mean I wish I had an answer I know one time I wrote down that part in Daniel um, where he sees the stone come and it uh, let me turn over there really quick let me see find it says uh, the fourth was going to shatter everything. Let's see, the image of gold. You watched while a stone was cut out without hands, which struck the image on the on its feet of iron and of clay and broke them in pieces. Hmm. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were crushed together and became like chaff in the summer of the threshing oh, floors. Wow. They, uh, the wind carried them away so that there were, so that no trace of them was found, and the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. So I don't know, maybe that's kind of the difference is like when it grinds you to a powder, the wind carries you away, and there's no more trace of it or something. Um, but I don't know, okay, so whoever falls on this stone will be broken, will be broken. Um, and on whomever it falls will grind them to a powder. So, like, when I first read that, and normally, and I don't know if this is going to bring any clarity at all. Like, maybe we can figure this out together. Because I'm not saying I have clarity on it. I still struggle with that same one, too. I always, Every time I read that, I think that. When I first read it, and the, most of the time when I do read it, it's like I get this image of, like, someone walking and they trip on a rock or something. Mm-hmm. And then the rock falling on them. But then I thought about it as, I think, because I feel like, where I want to find where it is too Luke the passage because I want to read it in the whole context too like what he says before
0: I see but, that Luke 8 Luke
1: four. um but I thought about it as in like um you okay so you have a kingdom right and the kingdom falls on it like the kingdom attacks descends upon another kingdom so like whoever falls on this stone, like, whoever... The kingdom... This kingdom falls on the kingdom of Christ, basically. They're going to attack it. And they're going to be broken in doing that. But then, when the kingdom of Christ falls on the other kingdom, it just completely obliterates them. I think that... And it was that passage in Daniel that started made me think about that that way, too. Like, I think that the the kingdom of heaven... or. like Christ being that rock and his kingdom the kingdom of heaven that stone when it actually comes to hit that other kingdom it just completely obliterates him in a trap before the wind but then I don't know if that's a I think I guess maybe it's just a different perspective I don't know if that's the correct I don't know if that's the correct way of like thinking about it but it just I remember thinking about it that way because it was a different perspective than like I said I normally look at it or think about it when I read that part like to think of it in that terms of like a kingdom versus kingdom kind of situation where, so this kingdom comes to attack the kingdom of God and it's just broken, but then when the kingdom of God, yeah, attacks the other one, it just completely grinds them into powder. Um, I well, don't know. But
0: the, when, when he said the Pharisees understood it, yeah, I don't know, man. They're mad, uh, and they said that they, after that point, they, he knew they were talking about him, and they sought a way to destroy
1: him. All right, so that's where. It, let me see. It might be. Uh, let me see. Where is it? Where would it be then? The Claiming of the kingdom. Um, have, I'd like to find where it actually says that because I know what you're talking about too. Oh man, where is it? Sometimes he says stuff and it just seems so out of out of place too. I'm like, what does this even mean? Here's one for you. Can I ask you this Luke, one?
0: Yeah, Luke twenty eighteen.
1: Luke twenty eighteen. Okay, this one is Luke uh, 17, 37. This one kind of another one that always kind of seemed out of place for me. And I'm like, how do I interpret that? He said, and they answered him. He's talking about one taken and another left. Two will be taken, you know, one taken and another left. And so then he says, then the disciples answered him and said, where, Lord? And Jesus responds, wherever the body is, there the eagles or the vultures will be gathered together. I'm like, what? They're asking him where, and he says wherever the body, like... Thanks, Jesus. Do you, do you, yeah, do you, know, do you get that one? And do you understand that one, man? All right, so what was the other one? Oh, wait, here it is. Yeah, I found it. Okay.
0: Yeah. In the package translation,
1: it says, um, there will
0: be two men working together at household duties. One will be suddenly stroked away, while the other will be left alive. His apostle asked, Lord, where will this judgment happen? Jesus responded, it will be obvious, for wherever there are those spiritually dead there, there you will find the eagles
1: circling that brings a little more clarity to it than passion translation where will this judgment happen is what they're asking okay that makes more sense I was thinking like they're asking where will they be taken yeah and he responds that way and I'm like well no,
0: you just look at the eagles and y'all
1: yeah yeah, yeah yeah
0: I, I mean, you I don't. I like the passion translation. Like, I don't. I I, re, I like the New King James version.
1: Hey, here's a here's an interesting thought too about that in the context of, like, do, what do you normally read by the by the way? The uh,
0: I never read New King James version. Yeah, um, but I like, I also, like, I also have a, the passion translation. So sometimes it like, offers a different perspective. I That's like nice. it um, because also like they did, they they translate a lot of scriptures from Aramaic instead of Greek. Okay, and so sometimes you get. They have the you get more of the. That's interesting. Yeah. The the way
1: it was written instead of the translated translation. Yeah, yeah. that's how oh. that's good. Yeah, that's interesting. Anyway, sorry, what I was going to say though. Um, this um, back to Luke chapter twenty verse seventeen. What then is this written? The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Um, we always say. That and then he says, "Whoever it fall, um, whoever falls on that stone will be broken, but on whomever it falls, will grind him to a powder." I was just wondering, um, the stone which the builders rejected, because obviously they rejected Christ. But it's like, well, what is the meaning of Christ? Is um, I, I almost wanted to say humility. Like, what if humility is the stone? Um, because like, Christ is offensive because he says you're a sinner. Like, and that's why they rejected him, basically. Because they were they were kind of okay with their own self-righteousness. Because um, Christ, the very existence of Christ says that man is sinful. Like, yeah. the fact that God would come in the form of a man to sacrifice himself, the fact that there's a sacrifice says that you need a sacrifice. So... To reject that Savior, um, there's a huge amount of arrogance that comes with that and self righteousness to reject Him as a Savior, and so that would be so if that's their posture, then what? Then the stone they're rejecting, they're rejecting that. So I don't know. It's like they they're not humble enough to come to Christ. So I don't know. I've just never thought about looking at it that way either, and I'm not sure if that helps at all. I, I've never tried to look at it that way before, though. So whoever this whoever the stone falls, like looking at it, an aspect of humility, it will it will be broken. I don't know. I don't know if that even works. But i whoever it falls to a ground into a powder. I don't know. That probably doesn't work there. I'm just trying to think of different ways, to like yeah, actually. Um, I mean take it if
0: you take into context I guess who he was talking to yeah and who he made mad yeah that was the Pharisees yeah and they were like the religious self-righteous yeah so I mean the humility part makes makes sense yeah because the Pharisees were very self-righteous that's you're right that's why he made them so mad yeah because he was very hum- was humble and he called but he, he was humble but he didn't yeah. shy away from like
1: this is sin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're so, I don't think that you're off base there. It sounded, yeah. I mean, I think I don't think I'm conveying that image right though. If that's the case, I don't know. It is interesting to see it that way too, though, because you see like because Christ is the stone that they reject, but it's like what is the meaning behind that of, of rejecting Him is that you're basically okay with your own righteousness? Like it, what I think it's in Romans where it says it, or maybe it's Corinthians where it says they seeking. Mm-hmm to establish their own righteousness did not submit to the righteousness of God. Like, that's kind of what Israel is doing. They're in a work system, and so they're going to get there on their works. They're okay in their own self-righteousness. Um, and that's where you reject the chief cornerstone. Um, so I guess
0: and that, that, that scripture reads, to reject them is to have a stone fall upon you
1: and destroy you? I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. Uh,
0: I guess that's, that's my thing. Like, which one's which one's which, one's, which one's better? Do, do I want to have do I want to fall on or have follow me? Like, which one do, do I want? you to happen? Like, it seems like in
1: this situation, there'd be one good, one bad. See, that's what I mean. I don't know if I'm picturing it right. When because he says, "Whoever falls on that stone," and so I think I think of a person tripping over a stone, like they stumbled at that stumbling stone, you know. And that's what I kind of picture, but I'm like, I don't know if it means whoever falls on that stone, like whoever comes against it, whoever comes against that stone. That too, yeah. So that's why I don't know ooh, which perspective is right to take in that. Yeah, it's a really hard one. That's one. That's, that one has kind of frustrating me for a long time too. I wish I had an answer. I don't know, but maybe there's maybe both ways of looking at it are are um, good to have because you can probably get different different revelations out of both, like is coming against it and and uh I don't know no I think you're right in the passage I
0: just looked up it says everyone who falls in humility upon that stone will be broken
1: falls in humility
0: falls upon falls upon that stone and humility will be broken will be broken but if that stone falls on you it will grind you to pieces yeah and I guess in the sense of humility like if you fall upon it like it'll break you but that's a good thing I guess yeah but if it, but if it falls on you, like it's going to destroy you because you weren't willing to be humble. Yeah. And so, like, God opposes the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. Yeah.
1: Um. So, I mean, I think your humility things Yeah, maybe, maybe sick. got something to do with it. At least I don't know, huh? Yeah, I don't know. That's what I love about. um... Kind of that aspect of self-righteousness, too. That's what I love about. My, my mom really helped me with that, with the Book of Job. Do you do you like the Book of Job? Or you, I don't know. I've, I've read it. I mean, I've it's, just, one of, it's one of my favorite books, too. But she helped me, I think. I think it might have been before I actually ever read it. She told me one time that she was praying to God and said, she was like, God, what is this book about? Like, you got to help me out here. And he said, it's a book about pride. And I was just said that. Because most people would say it's a book about suffering. That's what most people say. Yeah, I feel like I hear. It's true. And I'm like, it's not. Like it it has suffering in it, but it's not about that. It's about pride and self righteousness. And when she told me that, and now I read it, man, it brings so much clarity to the book. Like the whole book makes sense now. It's it's like like uh, Lily, my cousin Lily was asking me about it recently, and uh, there's just she was like, I don't know, there's something. Else, like I said, there are a few things, but like one thing I like about it is like Job one chapter one, because most people are like, "Well, why did all this happen to Job? Like, where did it go? Went wrong or whatever?" And it's like the first verse tells you exactly like his downfall is that he was righteous and blameless. It's like there you go. Like like we talked about earlier, way earlier towards the beginning of this podcast. Like you're doing your good work, so then it's like you can easily slip over into her self-righteousness because of that. Yeah. Yeah. You're right, because at the end, he's like, "What well, was me. like?" Yeah, and in the guy, uh, Elihu, or Elihu, I think, yeah, yeah Elihu comes in, like, is, um, he says, is your righteousness more than God's? Like, yeah, he's seeking to establish his own righteousness in a sense. Like, I'm, I'm righteous and blameless, and it says, he did this daily, he would make sacrifices for his children. It's like, and that's what you're basing, basing your. But at the same time, you are righteous and blameless. Like, you're spotless. Like, like even Paul said that. He was like, I, according to the law, I was spotless. Yeah. And he was killing people. It's like, but I mean, well, like, you know what I mean? It's like, your, your heart, that doesn't mean your heart's right. And you could be in total self righteousness and in complete arrogance. And then you're aligned right next to the devil. And it's like, well, how did the devil have access to his life? Well, it's like you're on the same side. you're you're both you're both proud and arrogant so it's like yeah you you're you're adversary and he calls that's another thing too that's what I, I mean I just love that book too it's like he calls God his adversary and that used to bother me so much because I hate throwing scripture out and people will do that with the book of Job they'll be like well you can't he's just like He was just... It's Job just, like, speaking rashly out of his mouth because he's in a place of suffering or something. And I'm like, no, but it's Scripture. It's written. And it's like, he calls God his adversary. And it's like, well, yeah, you're his adversary because you're the adversary. Like, Satan's the adversary. Satan's pride. You're in self-righteousness. You're in pride. You're... It's not... It sounds a lot harsher than I think it actually is when you just break it down into looking at just words. And it's like, what does it mean to be an adversary to someone is if you're adverse to them if you're thinking adversely to them and it's like he said the same thing to Peter he said get behind me Satan if you're not mindful of the things of God but of the things of men your mind is not in the right yeah. place your mind is thinking adversely to God so therefore God would be your adversary basically because you're his adversary in that sense like whoever makes himself a friend of the world is an enemy of God it's like well you don't want like, you're making yourself the adversary, therefore God's your adversary. It's not that God's, like, oh, I'm going to be your adversary. It's, like, it's kind of your, I don't know. Do you, I think... The prep- preparations of the heart belong to you. Like, you yeah, yeah,
0: it's, yeah, it's been like he decided you were going like to be your enemy. Like, you decided, yeah, yeah. you decided you were going to be his enemy yeah.
1: by the way you are doing. Yeah, you set yourself up as, you, as his adversary, that's why. Because he doesn't change.
0: Like he's the same as he is forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For average, yeah exactly. His, yeah. Standard, his standard is always a standard. Yeah, yeah. He's holy. He's righteous. Yeah. And that's other thing I like to think about. Like how he's the origin for everything good. Yeah. Like love draws its name from him. Like he doesn't. He doesn't love. He is love. Yeah. And he, he doesn't. That's cool. That's he doesn't cool. do holiness. He is holy. Yeah. Like, that's who he is.
1: Like love draws its name from him. That's cool. Yeah. And yeah. so it's like it's just amazing.
0: Like who he is. And so like he doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't change. Yeah. And so if he's the same, like if. You're if all of a sudden, if he if he God said I'm for you not against you yeah so if all of a sudden like if you're finding God against you it's
1: probably you're you against be, him yeah yeah and you need to look at your own heart and stuff yeah yeah I don't know just, that whole book like it's just such a beautiful book and it's really it really you you do find the love of God in it throughout the whole thing I think it's the most humble to me I think it's the most humbling book out of all the books of the Bible it's the most humbling one. And that's kind of the theme of it, too, I think, is pride and humility throughout the whole thing. And then um, I think it's one of the reasons I love it is just because out of all the books of the Bible, I feel like it, it works humility a lot. I think Ecclesiastes is one of the books that I really feel like works in eternal perspective or mindset the most of all the books. I don't know. They kind of... Different books seem to have like different things... Song of Solomon is another one. I don't know necessarily what to say about that one, but that one's definitely got. I don't know that I would say it, it works. Uh, I would say it works a love of God in your own heart and towards other people, but it's kind of a weird, a weird. I wouldn't. I shouldn't say weird. Maybe a different type of love. I don't. I don't know. Like yeah. it's not necessarily fatherly love, I guess, in that sense. Like it's more bride, bridegroom type love, yeah. I guess. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I also think that book is very prophetic. I think all the books are prophetic too. But. I think uh, I was listening
0: to um, a podcast, that Peter K. Lewis. Um, he's got a ministry called Brave Heart heart ministry yeah i think
1: I, yeah, yeah i think i
0: said to you one of them but like the one thing like i like i listen to his right his teaching styles is I, what i like about it is i feel like there are things that he points out but like we could all come to that conclusion if we just ask simple questions yeah like when we're reading it's wow. like like
1: why yeah. Or, like, how. Or, <laughs> like, we don't, so we just read it, we read over it, and, like, but it's, like, and you really begin to, like, okay, I take this one verse, why? Yeah. Or
0: the how. Yeah. And then you break, are like, oh, my gosh, like, okay, it makes sense now, like, because I feel like, I mean, everyone, I think everyone's guilty of it at times, like, you read it, and you don't, you don't, you read over it, it doesn't really strike anything, so you just read over it. Yeah. And it's, so, like, but if you stop that for one minute, and you're, like, Okay, how does this relate? Yeah. What does what does this mean? Like, how does this apply, or why? Did, why did you say it this way? Yeah. And not this way. Yeah. And so I just think basic questions sometimes, like, can open up all kinds of avenue for revelation that we don't get because we we just we don't ask. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: And so I, I like that. We like, have not because you asked not ask for wisdom. God gives to everyone liberally and abundantly. There's a part too where... I don't know why we don't ask sometimes, but there's a part in the Gospels where it says, like, the disciples didn't understand this thing, and they were afraid to ask him. I can't remember which one it is. It might be in the Gospel of Mark. And they were afraid to ask him.
0: It's probably like self-righteousness. Like,
1: About this. He probably,
0: thinks that he, this fine, like, he probably thinks we should know, sir. so I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know, know I don't either. understand anything like, why do you know this? Because there's another time where he was, like, they asked a question. He like, how do you not know this? Like, that was for so yeah, long. Yeah, you I don't know. know. Like, yeah. how do you not know this?
1: And so they probably probably meant for like.
0: Uh, if he said if he another question like this, he's gonna say like, "Why don't you know this?" I told you this a thousand times already.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I think some of it too is maybe, maybe sometimes subconsciously we're scared of the answer, yes, or the answer. or we think we might, we think we might be scared of the answer. I don't think we ever should be. Um, I don't know, but there are times I guess where like even I've, I've thought that before too. I'm like, man, what if I am scared of the answer I guess like uh, like one question I asked that was a really hard question She you have to and when you ask you have to like you said you have to ask in humility like you have to ask I'm going to put my own preconceived ideas on the altar like I'm going to put my own notions and opinions everything's going on the altar if I really want to know the answer but there was one question I asked and uh, I brought this up before and my mom disagree with me and jessica disagreed with me and i was kind of glad they did because i didn't you know i don't want to get off on anything weird i like the balance that comes from disagreement um too which i think is a good thing i think people need to grow in that too like actually kind of willing and happy when people disagree with you because you can it doesn't mean you're at odds or not at peace with people like you can have peace with people but the question was i I asked myself it's that um Uh, I can't remember why I ever asked it but in Genesis it was like well I'm sure most people I guess want to ask it they just might be scared too is uh, was this all God's intention like did he want did he want man to fall and it's like that's a hard one to ask because it's like you just automatically say no and it's like well what if the answer's yes like what if it's like and they disagreed because I kind of after a while I was like And maybe it was just trying to work out that what if it could be, yes. And maybe that's why I started to kind of see it differently. Because I just thought about it. And I was like, if death had never entered the world, then Jesus couldn't have come. Well, I mean, my thought, basically my thought was like, I don't think... It says in Song of Solomon, it says, love is as strong as death. Jesus says, greater love hath no man less than to lay down your life for one's friend. And so I was just thinking, well, I don't know that I could fully know God's love if, I, if man had kind of never fallen, if death had never entered the world, because I couldn't know a Savior that would die for me while i was still in rebellion while i still didn't want him like i couldn't know a love like that if i hadn't have actually if mankind hadn't actually fallen and so it's like but then at the same time it's like my mom and jessica disagreed with me and they said i think you could still know that love just from communion and fellowship i don't think you'd have to fall to know that love and so i like that that also it's just a weird it's a very, very heavy question that you kind of don't want to ask. You know, you're kind of like... I think those that's one of those where you're like, I almost don't want to ask this question because I don't know if I want to go down that road to, to think that because I don't... It, but that's the same thing too. I don't necessarily know that it was like God's desire to for mankind to fall. But at the same time, I, th- I kind of feel like it was inevitable anyway because, I mean, it's like... um there's a kind of a thankfulness that comes with the fallen man, I feel like, that I've learned come to see because it's this whole process from Genesis till now has been so humbling for mankind. I think it's like that's where I guess I mean, it was I feel like it was kind of inevitable because if you hadn't have fallen, then you're just I guess you'd be perfect through communion with God, but then. Yeah, how long can you avoid pride in that state? You know, of of being perfect. Uh, I don't know. That's I don't true. know. It's just yeah. There's all these questions. Let's just go down all these rabbit holes right now.
0: It's good though. <laughs> I, I mean, like, there's one thing. Like, I haven't read any of this stuff ever, but like, I remember one quote from. He's kind of a controversial guy. People are like, be careful of that guy, Rob Bell. Okay. He's got a book called Love Wins or something like that. Or. Okay. I don't know. It's I don't know. It's kind of I don't I don't I don't even know what it's about. It. But but the one thing I like that he said is that God can handle the debate. God can handle what? God can handle the debate. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's not about good. evolution versus creation or whatever, but like it's okay. Like God can handle the debate. He's not like freaked out. Yeah, he's yeah. not freaked out that you're questioning. Like he's not bothered. Because like, he's not like, yeah. Oh my gosh, you're questioning.
1: Yeah, like, yeah, he doesn't care. Like, he knows who he is. Yeah, yeah. And it's not even so much, and even that in in this context too, like we're talking about specifically. It's not even so much. I do think that that and that kind of questioning him, um, he he can handle that also. But this is more like I'm asking him the question mm-hmm. rather than questioning him, I guess, or you know, in a sense.
0: And that's the thing about God;
1: like, He's so secure in who He is. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, you yeah. can ask
0: him anything he wants. Like, it's not gonna bother him. Like, I'm yeah, sure.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: God, why did, why did we do this? Like. Yeah, so i mean maybe maybe he won't tell you yeah but like maybe he will and so i don't ask yeah 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 like i i remember like back and your what you said kind of stuck with me like you said this like when we were kind of making that a sort of clean edge kind of like saying you you we were talking really? about, <laughs> yeah you were talking about like about um live in clean edge but you said like let's be the kind of guys that like um don't we won't live our lives asking why we we'll live our lives asking why not really I'm and it's like them. oh my gosh and I, it stuck with me like for all these hey, years nice, it's like cool. let why not yeah like why why not dude why why, why not ask the question yeah, like, why, yeah. Why, why not try like I had this dream like couple months ago like I remember I was in this Mexican
1: restaurant and this I'm sure the context I probably said that and it was a very bad context so
0: no I don't think it was because <laughs> you're talking about living clean edge so it's just like, okay well, that's let's live our life that.
1: not regretting but you know yeah not as in like hey you want another beer why not exactly <laughs> yeah. I don't think it was a full life yeah okay yeah, yeah. Not, you know, right. sorry let me no, go great. back to the Mexican restaurant you're in the Mexican restaurant
0: but, restaurant, but like and this uh, this lady in the dream, like she, I see her and she has no legs. I'm like, and in my dream, I'm like, can I pray for you? And like that's like, that's a, like you She's see someone with yeah. legs and you are like, hey, can I pray for you? Like yeah, that's that's extreme. You get those two questions, why or why not? And, and so I was like, that's cool. So I was like, hey, can I pray for you? And yeah. she was like, yeah, go ahead. And so I prayed, I started praying for her and instantly like I looked down and her legs have grown out. Like she what? was, she was an amputee that she had no this legs. This was a dream. It's a dream. Yeah. Oh, not right. I know. Well, hey, maybe it'll happen. Exactly. Yeah, dreams can come exactly. true. Exactly. But like she had no legs and like the knees down. Yeah. Nothing. Just stubs. Yeah. And like her legs, boom, grew out. And I'm like freaking out. Yeah. And, I, and, and in my dream, like I was like, when was this? When come, did you have this dream? A couple months ago. Yeah. And I was like, in my dream, I was like, why are you freaking out? This is exactly what you prayed for. Yeah. That's what you asked for. Yeah. And so it was like in my dream it was like that's a that's a crazy thing to like take a you sp- to like call and stuff like that. Of course I'm freaking out. <laughs> you see. <laughs> but <it's> like <laughs> that's a crazy thing. You see someone with no legs. Like yeah. you could very easily make that person you could easily offend them oh yeah so you have no legs can I I pray for
1: you yeah I've prayed for someone with no legs before too it's hard it's kind of awkward or it's like
0: like you can see it and they'll let you but it's like do you really believe God can do it it's like why not Why why could he not do that yeah like he can part a freaking ocean like he can part a whole sea yeah like for people to walk across yeah and like is it like or Philip, like he was with the guy, and then he was was not with the guy. Yeah. Like the Holy Spirit took him away. Yeah, yeah. Instantly, or like Elijah is a dude in human form, and all of a sudden like he's in a chariot of fire flying away. Like yeah, God yeah. uh, can do anything. Like why why not? Like why not ask the question? Why not? Why not believe yeah. he can do it? Why not go after it? Yeah. Why not believe for the impossible? Yeah.
1: That's but, good. Yeah. Why, why not put him in human form? Like ah. Oh, yeah. dude maybe that was uh, maybe that was an avi- a vision from God Well, she's, for the amputee the yeah. he speaks in dreams a lot um, her name was Rose a lot Rose I know Rose an old lady appeared from Walmart twice uh, she's a really sweet old lady but she had legs so I'm sorry I mean, it was her. she wasn't a walker though I mean no the, the scooter thing you drive around yeah but she just I don't know that she couldn't walk she might have just been old, and you know, not not walking a lot or something. I don't know. But yeah, I remember her name was Rose. It's not one that's as easy to forget. But I don't know, man. Yeah, that's uh, he speaks in visions a lot, and uh, visions and dreams and dreams a lot, especially in uh, the Book of Daniel. It's full of that. Uh, Genesis, you know, Joseph, all that stuff. Um, Job, God will speak in one way or another yet man may not perceive it in a dream in the vision of the night when deep sleep falls on men um so yeah maybe it was a i mean i would definitely say it was a dream from god because it was uh you know had a clear message to you Mm -hmm. and it also but that'd be cool if it was almost like a prophetic dream in a sense to start looking for amputees man praying for them yeah, that'd be awesome. Should, yeah. Yeah, definitely maybe I feel yeah. like Maybe that's a, a sign that he's going to do it at some point. You wants you to start praying for that. I should do it. Do it. I should do it, man.
0: Yeah. I should do it. I, think, and I can't remember if it's Dan Muller or Todd White. Why now. not, right? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I can't remember if it's Dan Moore or Todd White, but they're like, if you tell me you believe in healing, then why don't I see you laying your hands in sick? Yeah. And it's like, good question, yeah I guess if I believe you can do it, then why don't I believe why don't why, why am I not doing it? yeah, and so if I believe you can do the impossible, yeah, why am I not attempting the
1: impossible? yeah, yeah, I'd like to grow on that more. It's a, i feel like I feel like healing is kind of a weird subject. I feel like to me now it seems like because I feel like I kind of grew up hearing the message about healing, but you don't really see, there really saw that many healings, and so there's something not right about it. I don't know what it is. Um, Yeah, I don't know why that is, because I feel like I'd like to grow in it in that sense of, like, grow in understanding it more and and how to operate in it and everything. And um, I feel like in my personal life, it's been, I've seen more of it. Um, I think one thing that, that seems to be lost in some circles is praying again. Not even so much, like, they are asking again, but you're like speaking mm-hmm. in speaking health into the person again and in the willingness to do that. Cause there is a humility that comes with that too, because when you ask, sit pray for someone, you're like, okay, Anna, how are you feeling? And they're like, I feel exactly the same. It's like, you don't necessarily want to pray again right then. Cause exactly. it's like, they're probably not even going to let you because they'll think you're crazy. But there was, there was one... Okay, here's one testimony I'll share. And this one... Man, this one... I hope I never ever forget this, too. Um, but there was a lady in... This I was in Walmart. Um, and she was wearing a boot. She was there with her husband. And she was limping on this boot. And uh, I don't even know why. I don't know if I, why I even went to Walmart. But I, I went up to her and I asked if I could pray for her. And so they were kind of a little bit reluctant. But then they... They let me anyway, her and her husband, and so I prayed for her, and then I, and then I asked her. I was like, "Do you do you feel any different? Is it any better?" And she was like, "She's like no," and and then, so then I said, "I was like, can I pray again?" And they both looked at me like, like they were not gonna let me. Like they looked almost upset. Like I was bothering them, and I was like, "Please," like I, just, I don't know why. I was just like, "Please, can you please let me?" I was like, "Please, just let like just." Basically, like kind of was begging for mercy to pray again, and then, I, and then so they let me, and I prayed again really quick, and then I just said, thank you, like, thank you for letting me pray again, and then I left, and then it was probably, like, five minutes later, I was just, like, getting stuff I needed, and then all of a sudden, she walked up to me out of nowhere and just gave me a hug, and I was like, thank you, like, my foot feels totally, like, totally better, like, I don't know what you did or anything, like, it just... And order just to come and find me later and say thank you, like, was really cool. That's awesome. Dude. But it was like, yeah, but it's like, I don't know if that would have happened if I wouldn't have prayed again. And then even yeah. them being hesitant, like, it demonstrated humility, I guess, on my part to pray again, but then humility on their part to actually let me. Because they actually had to let me again. Like, I wouldn't... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think there is people... Like, there is a humility that comes both ways when you actually have to pray a second time, too. I feel like that might be some of it, too, that that's just, that's probably not the key to why healings don't happen, but I think that's something that's lost, is being able to do that again.
0: Well, I think I think you're right.
1: Um, I, I have this
0: teaching, but it, it is, it's, um... I, I can't remember the king, but um, it was Samuel, he's Come to the king, he was, he was. I can't remember, he was, he was being attacked. We were basically being attacked. Agog. Oh, Agog, yeah, yeah, probably. And he was like, uh, strike the ground. Yeah. And, and Oh, like, no, 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 this one. Okay. No, and he's it. like, strike the ground. Oh, this was uh,
1: Elisha. Yeah, Elisha was like, yeah, was, yeah, so was, like
0: strike the ground. And he's like, um. <coughs> okay, so he strikes it like one time, and, and I think yeah, three times. It yeah, and and he's and like, says you no, why do you cent. stop? Why do you stop? Like, you should have struck it five or six times. Like yeah. now, you no, know, now you didn't get your, your your full victory. You only get partial. and yeah. it's just like, I feel like that's what you're saying. Is like sometimes like, there's there a time to strike again,
1: hit it again. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, that's good. That's a really good passage of scripture to point out, especially in that context. That's really good. Yeah. So I don't know but yeah I think I think that's kind of a, a big key too that maybe I don't know I should look at more too but you don't always get that opportunity either then you just kind of gotta pray as you go there's it's been hard like I wish I could pray for people more it's probably my own fault of not because there was a season where I went through praying for everybody and I was like I'm going to pray for everybody i seen Walmart and those little scooter things you hardly I mean shopping is so hard when you do that <laughs> but then even like recently like the past few times I've been to Walmart I don't remember seeing people like I stopped doing that after a while and then just recently I was like I need to get back in and do that again but I think the past two times I've been to Walmart I haven't seen anybody in those which has been kind of weird to me um or, but I should be looking, you know, looking more intently also to people that aren't in those things, too. But um, it'd be nice to get back into that and praying for people more and really going after it more to, to grow in it personally and to see people help. Even people I didn't see get healed, it's like you still get these really, you meet people. And you get these kind of connections with people and they just get just to see that you care. Um, which is really nice. And then I've had some people get mad, and some people, there was one lady I prayed for, and it was just kind of sad. It really kind of broke my heart a little bit afterwards because I remember she had on this neck brace, and I prayed, and then asked if it was any different, and she said, and she was like, no, she was like, this is just something the doctors are going to have to fix. And I just remember her saying that, and then like, I went to the car afterwards, and I was just like, man, I was just so upset. I just started like praying, and, it's like, man, that's just terrible. Like, that's our perception and our mindset of, like, this is just something. And then when it doesn't come through, it's like, you want to see people get healed, so they don't have to do that. Not that doctors aren't good, but it's like, man, you know, then they could obviously avoid a big medical bill and a lot of hassle. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. And I've heard other people make statements like, well, it's a miracle thing it's mir- uh, miracle works that doctors can do now or something like that. Yeah, and stuff like I don't know. It's like it is fascinating all the stuff they can do, but I don't know. The way I look at it is ultimately
0: God will heal how he wants to heal. If he wants to use a doctor to do it, he'll do it. But it's him that brings the healing, because there are plenty of people that have like cancer and got chemo and it doesn't work.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know yeah I agree too I think I think that's overlooked too is that, um yeah how he wants to heal and then sometimes we just think oh well, I took the the pill and it made it better and it's like well give God glory jerk <laughs> God be the pill but I don't know <laughs> anyway man you think we'd probably stop it now yeah this is it Four hour long. Five, dude. <laughs> That's the longest I've sat here and talked to someone. For long anyway, I don't know. Um, do you want to pray, or I can pray us out? Nice time. All right. All right, Father, I just thank thank you. I, we just thank you for this time we got to share and just spend and catch up as old friends. I thank you for um, for bringing us both back to you, Amen. and uh, just bringing our, our hearts back to you when we straight off, Lord. We just thank you for. Um, just changing our hearts and, and then connecting us both back to one another through that that love that we share uh for you. And that's where that's where we find um even our friendship now is based around that. And we just thank you for that, Father. Um we thank you for this time of everything that you got to speak and um I thank you for everything you've done in Chris's life and you continue to do. I ask you that you just uh, pour out more of your spirit, your Holy Spirit upon him and in him and through him for more to walk more in your gifts and in your power um, to increase his hearing, his vision, his wisdom, help him to, to see things the way that you see them and to hear things the way that you hear them. Um, I thank you for his attentiveness to Holy Spirit, to his awareness to Holy Spirit when he walks with him. Um, I thank you for more, more testimonies that you're working through, Chris. And uh, I thank you for I just ask you to f- fulfill your desires for him and his pleasures that you put in his heart. And I just thank you again for this time we got to spend together. Um, all glory, blessing, honor, power be to you forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Sweet. Stop it right here.